नम ओम विष्णु पादाय कृष्ण पृष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी नमस्ते सारस्वती देवी गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेष शून्यवादी पाश्चात्यता Thank you. 
Adishwara, O great governors of the planetary systems, Aurodasam, the duty of priesthood, Trishyati is pleased, Ena, by which Durmatihi, one who is less intelligent. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. O exalted governors of various planets, the true Brahmana, who has no material possessions, maintains himself by the profession of accepting Shilomchana. In other words, he picks up grains left in the field and on the ground in the wholesale marketplace. By this means, householder Brahmanas, who actually abide by the principles of austerities and penance, maintain themselves and their families and perform all necessary pious activities. A Brahmana who desires to achieve happiness by gaining wealth through professional priesthood must certainly have a very low mind. How shall I accept such priesthood? Purport The first class Brahmana does not accept any rewards from his disciples or yajamanas. Practicing austerities and penances, he instead goes to the agricultural field and collects food grains left by the agriculturists to be collected by the Brahmanas. Similarly, such Brahmanas go to the marketplaces where grains are purchased and sold wholesale and there they collect grains left by the merchants. In this way, such exalted Brahmanas maintain their bodies and families. Such priests never demand anything from their disciples to live in opulence, imitating Kshatriyas or Vaishyas. In other words, a a pure Brahmana voluntarily accepts a life of poverty and lives in complete dependence on the mercy of the Lord. Not very many years ago, a Brahmana in Krishnanagara near Navadvipa was offered some help from the local Zaminda, Rajat Krishna Chandra. The Brahmana refused to accept the help. He said that since he was very happy in his householder life, taking rice given by his disciples and cooking vegetables of tamarind leaves, there was no question of taking help from the Zaminda. The conclusion is that Although a Brahmana may receive much opulence from his disciples, he should not utilize the rewards of his priesthood for his personal benefit. He must use them for the service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. I forgot to chant the mantras in the beginning. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Bhagavati Uttama Shloke 
Imagine if uh, Lord Indra had done this paying of obeisances, welcoming his guru, giving him a proper asana, glorifying him, then the whole scene would be different. He wouldn't have to go through all this. He's anyway now he's going to uh, another priest. Um, so is Vishwarupa the priest of the demons? Yeah. Uh, Vishwarupa? No. He's just a general priest. Yeah, he's a general priest. So he is going to a priest. Anyway, he has to address him properly. Not only him, the entire, all the demigods. What's surprising for me is that at least the other demigods could have taken the lead and uh, given respect to Gurasbadi and alerting his, uh, his superior that, hey look, uh, you're doing something wrong, you have to... So sometimes it happens that um, the subordinates may come and tell um, a breach of etiquette when the superior is forgetting to offer respects to his superior. So that could have happened or I don't know in this past time was Indra's wife next to him? Do you know? Not sure. If she was next to her, him, at least she could have indicated him, hey, spiritual master has come, it's time to pay the basis. Uh, these two instances we can see um, that Bali Maharaj with Bali Maharaj's wife will give feedback to him in in public as to how you think you're a king and you you think you can offer all your uh, kingdom and all the you've got a lot of opulence, you think that is you, yours and you are um, thinking that you can donate the land to so you see that correction is happening um, from the level of the spouse. So we can see that <coughs> if the etiquette is not followed, uh, it's not that the wife always has to accept the husband as a guru. She, if she, the husband is going off track, then the correction will be made, considering a higher principle. That a spiritual master has come and if he has to be respected. If you are failing to do it at the appropriate time, then you face a repercussion. So seeing this, the wife will correct it. The example of how the um, subordinates point out a breach of conduct was when um, Lord Brahma uh, gets bewildered and he runs after walk, his own creation, almost like the level of a daughter, and he gets an indication by his own sons, saying that, Father, this is not correct. So the mentality has to be given up. So, um, these things could have happened, at least if some of them in the assembly the other demigods, they see that Brahaspati is coming, um, then they could have alerted him and then Indra could have come to his senses and the whole thing could be avoided because they are anyway spending time here. Your time, energy, you are anyway spending. 
that moment when he comes, uh, when the spiritual master is coming at the appropriate time, you offer obeisances. It's all done. If it's not done, these are the uh, consequences. It's just a matter of austerity of the body. Worshipping spiritual master is one of the items that Devadvija, Guru, Pratnya, they are worshipable personalities. So, because it has not happened now, having come to their senses, uh, the demigods are approaching another priest. hesitant to accept the priesthood, that is Vishwarupa. So the previous verse, verse 35, Vishwarupa says that acceptance of priesthood is decried as causing the loss of previously acquired Brahminical power. How can someone like me refuse to accept your personal request? You are all exalted commanders of the entire universe. I am your disciple and must take many lessons from you. Therefore, I cannot refuse you. I must agree for my own benefit. Here you see the clash between... There is a clash between the, the duty, the call for the duty and then the consequences that is going to come by doing that activity. So here Vishwarupa, he is considering the pros and cons, the cause and the effect of doing a particular activity. It is, he is in a tight situation where the superiors are asking him to do uh, an activity which might affect his, um, he may lose his Brahminical power um, and then he is um, giving reasons Is, is analyzing, okay, this, if a Brahma accepts a priesthood just to maintain his body, he will lose his Brahminical power. Then he's seeing the other side, you are all superiors to me, you are asking me to do this, I cannot disobey your order. The earlier verses, the demigods also say that you are exalted in knowledge, even though younger in age, you can act as our priest and we may have to pay respects to you by bowing down and all. Don't hesitate to accept that respect. It is valid because you have very knowledge. So, the demigods are willing to bow down to him because they have learned the lesson earlier. Just by bowing, not bowing down to their spiritual master, the whole consequence is there. Now they are more alert. Now, Vishwarupa is not immediately carried away by the offer. He is looking at the situation from the both the sides. So, from this we can learn that a particular service is given. I heard this example. Um, the devotee was quoting his holiness Bhaktir Swami. Uh, the situation is that outside uh, it's raining heavily. Okay, your uh, authority is asking you to go to the shop and buy an item for the bogal 
opening or something immediately that's required. <coughs> now, you have different options. One thing is, it's raining outside, I can't go because I'll get wet, I'll become sick. The other option is, the other end, immediately going. Go, get drenched by the boga, come back drenched and later fall sick and uh, out of service for a few weeks. That's an option. What could be the other option? If it's raining and you're asked to do the service and it's urgent, what would you do? Take an umbrella? Okay. What else? What other options would you have? Okay. So what you do is you're protecting yourself and getting the service done. You may get drenched. You can't avoid it. It's a heavy rain. But you protect yourself. Right? So here we see the the pressure of doing the service on the behalf of uh, the, uh, the demigods for exalted in position. He would outright say, hey look, I don't want to get into all this priestly food, it's gone. Um, I'm taking uh, wealth and respect and all of that and if I don't properly handle it, then it's going to cause problems, so sorry. The other option is he is looking at the pros and cons of both and he's going to be making a decision. Uh, I don't know how the past time unfolds. Does he take up the priesthood and yeah, he does already. Is, is that when he offers some operations to demons also and in the in the occasion? Is it okay. So he is considering the pros and cons and he is evaluating what is the risk involved. Another example that came to my mind of those uh, services given by a superior and one set of uh, personalities, they knew the pros and cons of it and they said, we can't do it, sorry, who are those four personalities? Four Kumaras. What is the service given to them was to create Prajna. Kumara said, sorry father, can't do that. So that is one instance where you are asked to get married, create children. Uh, I've heard it, but I can present in the assembly, somebody can tell this. That's one instruction which the spiritual master gives a disciple can choose not to um, agree and then still not get effect. Is that so? That's an option where um, they consider the pros and cons, and then they tell Brahma that we can't do it. We we don't want to get entangled, and they don't take up the service. So in that way, that is one instruction. I've heard that the disciple can choose not to accept and still not get any reaction.
In the purport, Prabhupada is talking about the qualities of and in the translation, <coughs> the quality of a true Brahma <coughs> who has no material possession. So that's how the verse begins with Akinchana, a person who have taken the austerities and penances. Why do they do it? To become detached from worldly possessions. And why do we have to become detached from worldly possessions? So that you can devote your energy through your body, mind and words uh, towards the Supreme Lord. Hmm. So if your body, mind and word, all the energy is focused on your attachments to matter, <coughs> then you will not have time, energy with your body, mind and words to spend <coughs> in spiritual progress. Because it's already awkward. You have a certain amount of time, certain amount of energy, and you have to engage your body, mind, and words. Uh, if it is fully occupied, if your attachment is towards matter, then you can't have attachment towards the Lord. So, therefore, the um, idea of, or the, um, the principle of detachment from worldly possessions is there. Then, the principle of doing austerities and penances so that you become detached from worldly possessions. So what is austerity that the brahmanas have to do is to live a simple life. Um, just be satisfied with whatever comes on its own accord. satisfied with whatever comes on its own accord and in the austerity of mind Lord Krishna will tell about Mana Prasada Saumyatvam Mama Atma Vinikraha Bhava Samsutti Vityeda Tapo Manasa Uchate Satisfaction That's how it will begin Mana Prasada Saumyatvam uh, Satisfaction of the mind Just being satisfied with whatever comes on its own accord. So here we see the practical application of that for the Brahmanas is that they collect grains left by agriculturists and, um, and they go to the marketplace where uh, the grains are being sold and there they collect whatever is there and then they live by that not only him, his entire family lives like that. In this way of um, performing austerity and being detached, the key point, another key point that's coming up is the Brahmanas are not imitating Kshatriyas and Vaishyas. Oh, they are having so much wealth, they are having opulence, um, they are having so many followers, Dhanam, Janam, Sundarim, they are having all of that. We don't have, so we should also become like them. What is the wealth that the Brahmanas have is, as Prabhupada describes in the first canto, eighth chapter, um, titled Prayers of Queen Kunti, he talks about what 
thus the Brahmanas, the saintly people, the Goswamis, what do they have which others don't have? This famous verse. Namo kinchana vittaya nivritta guna vritta ye atma ramaya shantaya kaivalya pataye namaha This um, verse is a set of prayers Mother Kunti offers to the Lord. The previous verse he talks about um, how the Lord cannot be approached by those who are trying to improve themselves by respectful parentage, great opulence, high education and <coughs> bodily beauty. There she will say, Tvam Akinchana Gocharam. And then in this verse, verse 27, uh, who are the property of the materially impoverished. Akinchana Vittaya, unto the property of the materially impoverished. So, the sadhus, brahmanas, mahatmas, as Prabhupada describes the Goswamis, they have the wealth of the love of God. And therefore, the satisfaction comes from possessing that. And if you are satisfied, uh, you are engaged in the Lord's service. And you are able to endure the austerity and the penances by experience of that higher taste. You are able to devote your body, mind and words in developing your attachment towards the Lord. And that's why in this uh, purport, Srila Prabhupada gives the, um, tells the story of a poor man who went to uh, Srila Sanatana Goswami. I remember if Lord Shiva inspires this person to go to Sanatana Goswami and ask Sanatana Goswami for a touchstone. So this poor man will go to Sanatana Goswami and say, look, I'm suffering, I'm very poor. And Lord Shiva told me that you have a touchstone by which I can acquire things which I like and then become rich and prosperous. So can you please give me that? Sanatana Goswami tells that, oh, okay. It's a good there in the in the, the dustbin. You can dig through the dustbin, take it and then yeah, there you go. Enjoy your life. So <clears throat> So Prabhupada writes, he had a touchstone, the Sanatana Goswami, and this stone was left in a pile of refuse. A needy man took it. A needy man took it. But later wondered why the valuable stone was kept in such a neglected place. Why would Sanatana Goswami keep this valuable touchstone in a in a pile of refuse? Which means he has something much valuable than this, which makes him think that this touchstone is a pile of refuse, um, is as good as the garbage. Then Prabhupada writes, he therefore asked Sanatana for the most valuable thing and then he was given the holy name of the Lord. So Prabhupada writes, what does Akinchana mean? Akinchana means one who has nothing to give materially. 
A factual devotee or Mahatma does not give anything material to anyone because he has already left all material assets. He can, however, deliver the supreme asset, namely the personality of Godhead, because he is the only property of a factual devotee. Krishna Saito Mara, Krishna, so um, Lord Krishna is your property and if you want you can give him to me. Here we can also see that if the spiritual master accepts material things from the disciple without elevating him spiritually with the material motive of maintaining his body and not giving anything spiritual, valuable to them, then at that time the spiritual master gets bombed. In the nectar devotion where the theme of um, not accepting many disciples, in that section uh, Prabhupada will write, the Acharyas will also describe how one should not be eager to accept too many disciples. The risk is that you um, are overwhelmed by the dakshana, the, the remuneration that you get from them. If you are using, if you are attached to um, using that, maintaining yourself um, and not giving anything of spiritual value to the uh, disciple, at that time you are getting bombed. So the theme of um, being living comfortable in a well-built temple that we discussed. So that is attachment to the moral goodness. It's very subtle in the sense that you are reciting Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, you have deities, all that you are doing to get wealth and to live in a very satric environment. This is a pious kind of sense gratification. And if you are doing that, then you get bombed. On the other hand, then Prabhupada will also bring out this point about how Mahaprabhu says that you should accept disciples. Then, um, how do we resolve this? Contradiction. So, in that section, Prabhupada will quote about how the Goswamis, even though they gave up all their high paid job, Tattva Purna Mashesha Mandalakati, they gave up all of that high paid profession under the Muslim ruler, but they took up so they took up the higher um, spiritual profession, we can say, of delivering the fallen souls. And in that mode, if a wealthy person comes with money to build a temple for the Lord, the same Goswami engage such a person to build a um, very good temple for the Lord. In that sense, they are not blindly renouncing wealth um, in itself, 
will not bind you. It depends how you use it. If you are using well under the guidance of a spiritual master, who is not materially motivated, who is engaging you in the Lord's service, then the same wealth, because it's used in the Lord's service, because one of the angas of bhakti is where you um, worship the Lord with possessions or materials um, which are opulent, like that of a king. So there Prabhupada writes that a person who is um, working outside, earning money, can spend his wealth in this proper way. Offering articles which are of very high value and worshipping the Lord. I forgot the exact term. Um, so, here we see the same Goswami rejecting the touchstone, but when a wealthy person comes to build temple for the Lord, he uses that wealth. And how do we apply within ISKCON is that Prabhupada writes, for preaching purposes we accept the wealth. And report has asked, why are you coming in such a big, why do you accept so much opulence, you are meant to be a mendicant. Like, if Bhaktivedanta Swami is supposed to sit under a tree and give a discourse, you will never come. For to attract the public to the Lord, to create a place where people can come, and most importantly, spiritual discourses are happening. That's why opulent temples along with spiritual discourses, for that purpose, temples are built. So Prabhupada right preaching must go on. So then that becomes a proper um, utility of wealth. And because it is used in the Lord's service, you accept and engage in Lord's service and you don't get bombed. And this type of renunciation is um, described by the Goswami, um, by Rupa Goswami as Yukta Vairata. Anashaktasya Vichayam, Vitaram, Upayunjata, Nirbandha, Krishna, Samande, Yukta Vairata, Chate. Your, uh, your asakti is not towards the wealth. Your anasaktasya vishaya to the uh, material objects, but your asakti is towards the Lord. Your attachment, asakti is all towards the Lord. And you are using this without being attached to that. It's a very high concept. We may think that, oh, I'll use the car in the Lord's service, I'll use my phone in Krishna's service, um, I'll use my. Uh, whatever assets I have. Oh, the key thing to note is, am I attached to it? And I'm still using it? Okay, then that then that becomes, it will fall under Sakama, Nishkama, like it's not like Yukta um, Vairaga. Many times we say that, oh, I'm using it in Krishna's service, so therefore it's Yukta It could be, but one has to see, check the consciousness whether am I completely detached from this anashakta shivishaya itaram upayunjata seeing the utility, being detached and engaging it only in the Lord's service. Then it becomes yukta um, vairagya. If a person is having that mentality and engaging wealth and all of that, then all of that can be engaged in the Lord's service. 
Otherwise, we are attached to the work and the results. Then you are at the level of Sakama. If you are attached to the work and you are becoming detached from the results, then you become, you go into uh, Nishkam Karma Yoga. Uh, you are um, doing your activities based on your Varna and Ashrama. So these Varna and Ashrama is determined by what? Determined by your Guna and Karma. Whose Guna and Karma is yours? Based on your impression that you have got in the previous lives. So you are starting from yourself and connecting it back to the Lord. Then that is uh, all these categories will come Sakana, Nishkana. Uh, but if you are starting from the Lord and working backwards, then you are moving into the realm of mixed and pure devotion. If there is uh, no other motivation other than to please the Lord, then that becomes pure devotion. And that's how it is described as Atmani Vedana, where you engage, you give your body, mind, words, everything to the Lord with this attitude. So thus we saw that we are performing austerities uh, with the idea of not only becoming detached from anger but also attach ourselves to the Lord. That's how Mother Kunti will, will say that um, cut my attachment towards the Dhammu Vishnu Then the next verse she will say Tvayme Ananya Vishaya Matir Madhupatesha Let my attention, my attachment all flow towards you. So mere detachment alone is not sufficient. One has to then um, attach oneself to Krishna. Rati Mukva Hada Dhatta Gange Vokam Udanmati. So that Rati, I am severing my connections with the family. I am becoming detached from people, from matter from wealth, all that, with the purpose of attaching myself to the Lord. Then we also saw the austerity of the body and the mind. Then we saw the um, the way a Brahmana should live, how Vishwarupa is considering the pros and cons before doing a particular seva. And then we saw how accepting of disciples when it's appropriate and when it is not appropriate. So I'll conclude there and see if there are any questions on what we discussed. No? Okay. There are no questions. We'll conclude here. Grantrasana Bhagavatam ki jaya sarpa upadu ki jaya.